Let's pray. Lord, as we consider your word again today, we, Lord, we appreciate it so much, Lord, and we, we pray that you would help us to always consider your word and to appreciate it each day, Lord, to apply it to our hearts, Lord, and we ask your Holy Spirit to apply it to our, to our hearts at this time, right now, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, in the liturgical season of the church, we are on our way to Ascension Day and then to Pentecost. Pentecost is similar to Advent in that just as in the season of Advent, we, will, we look forward to Christ's second coming. And hopefully we do that year round as well. But, but Pentecost season is a time when we consider what we are actually in right now, um, in the same season as the early church after Christ had ascended and, and poured out his Holy Spirit. Now, um, we're not quite there yet in the church year, but we are always in that season, the final season of the expectation of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to, to take us with him and, and, and his reign. And if it is all right and well in our relationship with Jesus Christ, we of course look forward to his return. But how can we be sure that our relationship is right? Well, by abiding, remaining, and residing in him. All, all different translations of the, of the same word in our New Testament. From the Greek word meno. Well, in his epistle, the Apostle John explains that relationship with God is one of fellowship. John writes, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And John, in his epistle, is inviting others to be a part of that fellowship, to join that fellowship as he shares the good news of the gospel with them. Fellowship is an ongoing thing. And if we are Christians, our fellowship like John's, is with God and with his son, Jesus Christ, and with other Christians. And it is based on the relationship with God through his revelation to us, the revelation of what he has done for us, giving us eternal life through his son. Ongoing fellowship involves communication and it involves communion, the sharing of things in common. It involves participation in one another's lives. In essence, fellowship is love in action. It is God giving us eternal life by faith in Jesus Christ and us sharing that life, sharing in that life by communing with the triune God and with others, especially our fellow Christians, our siblings in Christ. And John writes in his epistle, in 1 John 2, 28, And now, little children, remain in him, so that when he appears, 
we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame when he comes back. Now, that remaining in Jesus, or abiding, or residing, as other translations put it, is one of fellowship. That is the key to not being ashamed at Jesus' appearing. It is to continue to fellowship with him. Again, an ongoing thing, this fellowship with Jesus. It's not just that we um, acknowledge him as Lord and Savior once. It's, it's a continuation uh, in our life, each a daily fellowship, a daily communion with him. Well, how is that done? Well, God word, God's word tells us it is done by God's Holy Spirit in us and our cooperation with the Holy Spirit. His Spirit in us is also how we know that we are all right with God, all right in Jesus and, and ready for his return. God's word says in 1 John 4.13, by this we know that we reside in God and he in us, in that he has given us his spirit. So God's spirit enables us to know and to do God's will and to fellowship with God. But what about our side of the deal? How do we participate in this abiding relationship? How do we fellowship with the triune God and, and with our fellow Christians? Well, obviously we do so by commuting, communing communicating with them, speaking with them, talking with uh, our fellow Christians and praying to God and, and, and reading his word. But scripture tells us that we do so by three other things as well. One, we abide by him or in him by confessing Jesus as the Son of God. Two, we abide by obeying Jesus' commands. And three, we abide by loving God and loving his children. Now I want to start with 1 John 4, 15 to 16, with what it says about abiding or residing in God and God um, in us by confessing him first. It says in 1 John 15 through 16, if anyone confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God resides in him and he in God. Actually, that's just uh, verse 15. John says that, but you know, it seems that some people in the very community that John was addressing if we read the whole epistle, had, had done that. They had confessed that, and they had also confessed knowledge of Jesus and their love for him, but they were not manifesting that love 
to one another. In fact, they had been man manifesting the exact opposite of that love that Jesus actually had commanded. And John called them liars. He said, if anyone says, I love God, and yet hates his fellow Christian, he's a liar. Because the one who does not love his fellow Christian, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. That's 1 John 4.20. He also said, he who says, I know him, meaning Jesus, and does not keep his commandments as a liar, and the truth is not in him. That's 1 John 2.4. Well, why does John say that? Why does he write that? Well, of course, he's inspired uh, by the Holy Spirit to write that. But he also says it because Jesus had commanded his disciples to love one another. That was his commandment. He said in John 15, 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And we read in 1 John 2, 5 to 6, that whoever obeys his word, Jesus's word, truly in this person, the love of God has been perfected. So clearly, Obeying Jesus's words will not allow you to hate a fellow Christian. The two don't go together. And this should put into question, if that's what's going on inside of you, your relationship to God. Something is wrong because God's word says that love is perfected in the one who obeys Jesus and that obedience and in that obedience, one has fellowship with God. And that's what we're talking about, that fellowship, that abiding, um, that remaining in fellowship with God the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. 1 John says, by this we know that we are in him. The one who says he resides in God ought himself to walk as Jesus walked 1 John 2 5 to 6 and 1st John goes on to say in in the same uh, in verse 9 of the same chapter the one who says he is in the light but still hates his fellow Christian is still in darkness the one who loves his fellow Christian resides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him but the one who hates his fellow Christian is in the darkness walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes so some people it seems are blinded by hatred hatred that causes darkness and when you're in that state, then you cannot receive any revelation from God. And it hinders, that hinders communion with God. You have to get rid of it immediately. You have to renounce it, repent of it. It blocks fellowship with God. Confessing Jesus does not help us if that's the case. You know, we can say of confessing the same as the Apostle James said of believing. The demons believe and tremble, J 
James said in James 2, 19. Well, in the presence of Jesus, guess what? The demons also confessed that Jesus was the Son of God. That happened in, in the synagogues. So it appears that confession in itself is not enough for right, right relationship with God. One might even confess once and even change one's mind later. But confession, continual confession, is what we're talking about. Um, that, like fellowship, is a continual thing. Well, what else is there to abiding or residing in, in God and God in us? What is there about this fellowship that we are to have with God and one another? Well, there, there is, as we just mentioned, obedience to Jesus's commandments. First John 3, 24 says this about obeying Jesus's commandments. And the person who keeps his commandments resides in God and God in him. Now by this, we know that God resides in us by the spirit he has given us. First John 3, 24. You know, if you did not have or do not have God's spirit, you could not keep his commandments. You couldn't keep Jesus's commandments even if you wanted to. It is his spirit, the Holy Spirit, that enables us to keep his commandments. But even as Christians, we still have a sin nature that has to be brought into submission to God. And if we will, and if we pray to submit, it will happen. God will enable us with what it takes for that to happen, his Holy Spirit. Well, what else is there to abiding or residing in God and God in you? Again, as I already mentioned, there's love. Residing in love is part of our residing in God. 1 John 1, 16 says, And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has in us. God is love, and the one who resides in love resides in God, and God resides in him. What is it to abide in love? Well, it's to receive the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, as Romans 5, 5 says. And it is also to pass it on to those around us. 1 John 4, 12 to 13 says, No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God resides in us and his love is perfected in us. 1 John 4.16 says, And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has in us. God is love, and the one who resides in love resides in God, and God resides in him. Jesus said in John 15.9-10, Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and remain 
in his love. Again, what is his commandment? He said, a new commandment I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. John 13, 34. Love isn't a choice. It is imperative. It's a commandment for fellowship. Jesus said, this is my commandment that you love one another as I loved you. John 15, 12. Keeping Jesus's commandments is essential to abiding or residing in Jesus. It too is a continual thing. As we consider the very dispensation or time that we as a church are in, the same as the early church of Acts was in, like them, we too remain awaiting Christ's return and we too have the same Holy Spirit and the same gifts and promises as the first church had. We have them to help us in this season, in this dispensation of awaiting the return of Christ. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Then I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. If we've loved Jesus and have kept his commandments, and of course, there we all fail, but there is his forgiveness. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. If we have loved Jesus and have kept his commandments, then Jesus has already asked the Father and the Father has already given us the advocate, the spirit of truth. And we are, you know, much more blessed even than God's people in the Old Testament. Even his people Israel to whom, uh, to whom Moses said, have a people ever heard the voice of God speaking from the middle of the fire as you yourselves had and, and lived to tell about, about it? Well, we as Christians have something even better. We have Christ in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory, as Colossians 1.27 says. Again, God's word in 1 John 3.24 says the person who keeps God's commandments, who keeps his commandments, resides in God and God in him. Now by this we know that God resides in us by the spirit he has given us. Well, what happens again? What happens when and if we do not continue in all those things, in confessing Christ and obeying um, Jesus' commandments to to love or or heeding the spirit of truth who he, who he has given to be with us forever what happens if we don't continue in that fellowship what happens if we refuse to obey the message that we heard from the beginning as 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 John uh, said in his epistle 
that we love one another. Well, it seems that that will definitely affect our love for God and our fellowship with God. And if we continue, it will likely affect Jesus's manifestation to us, his revelation to us, and, and again, our fellowship with God. Jesus said, the person who has my commandments and obeys them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and reveal myself to him, to him or her, of course. In the Old Testament, there were good results when God's people obeyed God naturally. And Moses told them, you shall therefore keep his statutes, keep God's statutes and his commandments, which I command to you today, that it may go well with you and with your children after you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord your God is giving you for all time. But you know, there were also bad results or bad consequences when when God's people did not obey him. They were told that if they acted corruptly, they would soon perish from the land that God had given them and be scattered. That's from Deuteronomy 4, 25 to 27. But again, they were also told, if you seek the Lord your God from there, those those nations that they were scattered in, you will find him if indeed you seek him with all your heart and soul. In your distress, when all these things happen to you in the future days, if you return to the Lord your God and obey him, for he's a merciful God, he will not let you down or destroy you. Now God is unchanging, so why would it be any different for us if we disobeyed? Well, it is different for us only because of the dispensation we are living in. It is different because Jesus has since came and died and rose again and ascended to the Father and asked the Holy Spirit to be given to those who believe on his name. And the Holy Spirit has entered us who have believed, and therefore we have an advantage over God's people in the Old Testament. They have the word of God on the outside only. We have the word of God on the outside and the Holy Spirit who brings it to life on the inside. We don't have to wait for harsh the harsh judgment of God to come upon us after we've sinned to humble uh, us and to bring us to repentance and then and then to bring us to to experience his great mercy. We have the conviction of the Holy Spirit from within before judgment. And that is what makes all the difference in the world. But it also makes us more responsible to make things right with God sooner then later, and that is for the whole body's sake. Again, what if we don't heed? 
we really, I don't even want to go there. But Jesus said, if anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a branch and dries up, and such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and are burned up, John 15, 6. But there's good news. We have come to know, as First John says, we have come to know and to believe the love that God has in us. God is love. And the one who resides in love resides in God, and God resides in him. By this, love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because just as Jesus is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears punishment has not been perfected in love. Have you been perfected in love? That's the question. That's the question we, we, we must ask ourselves. And if the Holy Spirit um, is in us, it's a constant thing. It's a constant sanctification, a constant uh, perfecting that is, is ongoing through our lives. All we have to do is obey him. All we have to do when, we, when he convicts us by his word or by his spirit is repent, and ask and confess our sins and, and ask for his forgiveness once again. It is there. It is always there for his children. And when we do that, we, we, we know it is instant. It is instant. His, he, he wants to, to pour his love out on his children. It's just discipline when he doesn't. And discipline is also love. So don't resist the Holy Spirit. If you're God's child, it's not an option. He wants to love and he wants you to love. That's what it is to be a child of God. Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you that your Holy Spirit is in us. Lord, we do thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit works in in us uh, in in a way that uh, Lord was uh, impossible before you came and died and gave your life for us and Lord we we thank you for for your sacrifice for us we thank you for your um, resurrection ascension and for your sending the Holy Spirit Lord help us Lord to grow in you Lord to abide in you always Lord and just to um, be in communion with you and our brothers and sisters in Christ, in love, always, in Jesus' name. Amen.